From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh, uh, yes, Mr. Rob. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Mike. It's Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for downloading this latest podcast. As uh, we are just days away from the big game. I'm going to talk some football here in a few moments and uh, yeah, a few other things going on in and around this crazy world of ours. Uh, before I get too far into it, uh, best wishes, speedy recovery to one Jerry the King Lawler, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, great announcer, regional wrestling legend down in uh, the South. Had a stroke earlier this week. Um, he's in the hospital. They had surgery. Uh, he's doing better. He can um, move. He can do things himself. Uh, he's still having a little trouble talking, but uh, they're saying he's on full road to recovery, which is good. I guess he had a stroke a few years back. Then uh, there was that instant years ago on uh, Raw, live on television Monday night. He was having a heart attack. Uh, he's had some health issues, but uh, it's good to see that he is recovering. All right, uh, earlier this week, better news. Uh, Monday night, my daughter, Lana, who's in pre-K, had her first ever after-school play. And she played herself. Uh, her classmates played themselves. They were pretty much just doing a, you know, kind of a song and dance thing. And uh, their teacher, uh, Mrs. O, led them along. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, the few moments I got to see of the play. <laughs> You gotta understand. I I got off work uh, about five twenty ish. Ray made went straight to the car, drove across town, got to the school with ten minutes to spare. I was there, met my wife, was sitting there with my daughter, and the boy Logan, who's not even two yet, um, and he was just wallowing and wanting to crawl and run everywhere and scream. And I had to take him out, and he was just not calming down. So. Uh, I had to take him out to the car, and we sat there <laughs> while my daughter was doing her play. But, you know, I didn't want to be that parent with that kid that was just interrupting the hell out of everything. And, uh, you know, I, I took one for the team. My wife got to see our daughter, uh, you know, do her thing on stage uh, uninterrupted. And, uh, you know, that's the least I could do for my wife. Uh, I will get to see it eventually, I'm told. She had a speaking line. I missed it. Uh, they record these things, and they will give them out to all the parents. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, a quick balloon update. As you know, they finally shot the damn thing down Saturday over uh, the Atlantic Ocean just outside of Myrtle Beach. Uh, they dredged it up, I think, was it Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday? Uh, they got most of the remnants. Uh, they say that the balloon itself was about 200 feet tall and had the payload of a small regional jet which i'm wondering if that just means like you know like a little small airplane i'm not sure what that means but uh that's all i have to gleam off of that i mean it probably would have been easier for them just to shoot the damn thing down in rural montana because uh, there's not a lot of people that live out in montana hence it being rural uh, but they let this thing you know fly from alaska to canada back into the states uh what coast to coast from the Aleutian Islands all the way to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, but if you're worried about Chinese uh, balloons, well, uh, first of all, you, you don't understand that China has a big stake in TikTok, so there's that. Secondly, I saw a story that uh, says that China has uh, more ICBM 
missile launchers than the United States. We still have more nukes, so go USA, but I guess things could always be worse. Okay. Now, I didn't see... There's a few... There's a lot of things I didn't see this week. It's nice to turn off the television, right? I uh, did not see the State of the Union Tuesday night. I refused to watch it. Um... And from the looks of things, I didn't miss much. You know, basically the president comes on and lies to you saying, ah, oh, the state of our uh, country is strong. And, you know, just one glance at the internet, you should know. Um, and so, you know, his party will stand up and cheer. Uh, the other party will not do so much. And you'll get the heckler and all that other fun stuff. And then, uh, you know, you can get the response from the opposing party. And then you have the talking heads telling you what they liked and what they didn't like. And basically telling you how to feel uh and it's pretty much the standard rhythm to these stand uh state of the union it doesn't matter if it's in r or d uh you know people play their parts whoever's in power and whoever's in the minority um all i need to tell you is if you really want to know the state of the union you don't have to go on the internet just go to the grocery store and i'm sure you've been doing that go go and pay for uh, whatever you need to pay for, and uh, note how outrageous some of the prices have been as of late. So that was last night. I didn't watch. I think I ended up watching. Um, yeah, I did watch uh, the Blackhawks and uh, the Anaheim Ducks, and I think the Ducks pulled that out in OT. All right, um, Grammys. That's another thing I didn't watch. But, uh, and by the way, I was wrong. I was wrong because the last podcast I said. I was going to talk about how the, the the Grammys would have lower ratings than last year because that's been the gradual trend with the uh, uh, award shows, right? I was wrong with an asterisk. Uh, I think last year it was like 8 or 9 million people watched the Grammys. This year, 12.7 <clears throat> million people watched the Grammys. So, yeah, I got it wrong. Ah, 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 ah. But, you know... Three years ago, there was no such thing as a pandemic, or the pandemic. We weren't inundated with COVID out the ass. And so 2020, the ratings for this thing, you know, this being a 12.7, uh, I think were 18 million. So where do the other six, uh, five to six million people go? And then at its peak, which was going back 1984, uh, 51.7 million people watch the Grammys and uh, if I'm doing the math in my head right uh, that's uh, one out of every five uh, American eyeballs included the television but it was a different time back then I understand that you know no uh, you know cable was in its infancy there was no streamers uh, video games weren't as cool as they are now all that fun stuff and probably not as political probably not um, but, uh, you know, to get back to 51.4 million uh, viewers, Sam Smith is going to have to put on some more uh, Satan costumes. I mean, you're gonna, yeah, everybody is probably going to have to wear a Satan pajama set uh, just to get people to watch, right? So, yeah, the, the, the war show is still a far cry from what it once was. But it was amusing to see uh, the headlines for this thing. Grammys at a three-year high ratings-wise, <laughs> when uh, it's still in the doldrums of what it could be. And you know, Sam Smith, um, and it, what was the song Un "Unholy," dressed up in the devil PJs, basically uh, 
you know, flaunting it out there. And by the way, by the way, uh, when did lame pop stars get associated with Satan? I thought all the cool rock bands were, were devil worshippers. That's no longer the case. You know, uh, another sure sign that the rock uh, <laughs> the rock side of the music industry has died. Um, but, you know, Sam Smith's doing this along with that uh, transgendered performer from Germany, I believe, uh, and just trying to, you know, uh, offend all these people that weren't watching uh they somebody asked uh, uh one of the head honchos at the church of satanism what they thought of the performance and they were like meh it's all right i guess a uh, little nas x according to them uh was a bit more satanic in his music video where he went down to hill uh hell killed satan decided to rule uh hell that was um that was the church's official stance, man. So, Sam Smith is basically uh, the equivalent, uh, the Satanist equivalent of Stuart from Beavis and Butthead wearing the winger t-shirt. You put on devil horns. Yeah, I'm Satan or whatever. So, there you go. Yeah, I'm sure some people were uh, offended by it, but you get to this point with with the music industry and you just get so tired of these people trying to be hip and edgy it's almost like you expect them to be hip and edgy and in your face and when they are you're just like okay expectation met moving on it's just okay whatever it's hard for me to get upset i mean i was i was like this back in high school when there was the big to do about marilyn manson you know back in 96 when he uh came about with his satanism stuff and then in 98 when he decided to do the androgyny thing which by the way uh is a direct rip off of david bowie no ways around it but yeah i remember you know manson being down in d i think it was market square and christians protesting and i like, like i wasn't into manson but i was just like why are they wasting their time with this it like he's just such an attention whore and that's that's what I would apply to Sam Smith. Maybe once upon a time he was a decent singer. Uh, but now, uh, you just got to drape yourself in all sorts of weirdness. And sometimes the weirdness isn't as weird as you think. It's kind of boring. Oh, uh, one thing that was weird but not boring is uh, Madonna's face. Uh, did you, Oh, my God. What happened to her? She used to be a pretty good-looking girl. And, uh, you know, I know she's in her 60s, but... They're talking about how, you know, it's sexist and misogynist to make fun out of her face, but it's so puffy looking that it's, it's not aging. That's plastic surgery. And they're trying to drape this in, well, you know, women age differently from men. Well, no, we all get wrinkles and our faces sag, but we we don't look like Botox. Uh, you know, we don't look like we're Botoxed blowfish is what I'm getting at here. She does... And somebody, I think it was John Nolte on Twitter, uh, did a side-by-side -side of that Grammy, uh, one of the photos of uh, Madonna at the Grammys with her face. And it was uh, Susanna Hoff. Remember her? She used to be with the Bengals back in the day, walk like an Egyptian. Uh, they He posted a picture of her recently. And there may be like a six-month age gap between the two. And Susanna looks like a beautiful woman 
in her 60s. She's aged gracefully. She does not look like she's got, um, you know, plastic surgery. She, she's got her wrinkles, but that's okay because we're all getting our wrinkles. And if you don't have them yet, you will eventually. Um, Bonnie Raitt, who won a Grammy, and she's in her early 70s. She's about 10 years older than Madonna. Looks a hell of a lot better than Madonna. Uh, you you could be so obsessed with looks to the point where you just don't look like yourself. And that's what happened with Madonna, unfortunately. This isn't about misogyny. If anything, people should be speaking out about uh, the horrors of plastic surgery and why you should avoid augmentation of that form. I mean, it, it's one thing if you're a burn victim and, and you're trying to mask some of those scars it's another thing completely where you're like oh no i've got crow's feet what do i do better pull my eyebrows back toward my uh, earlobes it's just not a good look by the way um before i wrap up this grammy rant i'm talking a hell of a lot about something i didn't care to watch by the way uh a guy i used to work with a uh, dc uh he i think he's up in south bend now I haven't talked to him recently, but I, I saw a Facebook post of his about the Grammys. He's a big music nerd. He loves all sorts of music. I mean, he's very knowledgeable. He's a fan of a lot of bands. And uh, his post was, uh, people will ask me why I don't watch the Grammys. And I was like, whoa, whoa. DC does not watch the Grammys. And he goes, well, take this in. <clears throat> Some artists who have never won the Grammy for Album of the Year. And keep in mind, he is a uh, you know multi-genre fan of a bunch of, of artists. Beyonce, which she didn't this year. Uh, David Bowie, Mariah Carey, Drake, Eagles, Eminem, Lady Gaga, Janet Jackson, Elton John, Kendrick Lamar, Madonna, Pink Floyd, Prince, Radiohead, Bruce Springsteen, and the Rolling Stones. Doesn't make any sense. Hey, you know, the Stones especially uh, with me because, you know, uh, Let It Bleed, uh, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street, considered some of the greatest rock albums ever made. Yeah. And and you sit through this award show about music, allegedly. Eh. Like I said, if they want more eyeballs, they're going to have to put more people in um, uh, devil pajamas. Maybe that's what they need to do with late night talk shows. Uh, uh, James Corden is exiting the Late Late Show, and his replacement will be, well, there is no Late Late Show once he steps down. I mean, this was something that they, uh, you know, created for, uh, what was it, was it Craig Kilborn initially when he left The Daily Show, and then, uh, uh, what is it, Craig Ferguson, then Corden, and now uh, he's off and leaving, and they're going to replace it with a uh, revived game show at midnight. Uh, and I don't know if Chris Hardwick is going to be doing that. It used to be on Comedy Central, uh, and it went off the air about six years ago. So they're killing that talk show, man. That, that, that goes up against Late Night with Seth Meyer. Uh, and I don't think it's any... Um, uh, Seth Meyer is not exactly setting the world on fire with his little corner of the Late Night realm. Uh, but, the, you know, the, with that... And NBC's Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, they gave him that big contract extension uh, about a year or two back. And he's struggling in ratings. Uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's audience has halved. Uh, you know, Stephen Colbert is winning by default. I, 
it, I just think it's the end of that whole thing where, okay, you stay up late, you watch, you know, the monologue, you, you see the interviews, and then there's the music performer, and then uh, off to bed you go if you hadn't already dosed. You know, and you know, some of it may be because of the political leanings, because it's basically all just one talk show. They, they tell all the same jokes, um, and they all lean one way. Um, but I think also, mostly, it's because of the rise of the podcast. The podcast has led to a lot of this, and, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien... Uh, you know, went out with a whimper in his late night career, but I mean, he's got a fairly successful podcast, and uh, you know, he interviews celebrities. Uh, you know, uh, you got Adam Carolla, who's been doing it for years. Uh, Joe Rogan does his thing. Uh, you you can talk to somebody for as long as you want. Uh, you know, it could be about thirty minutes. You could talk to them for about an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. If it's a captivating interview, you can talk to them for however long you want to. And you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, people laughing at a joke. It's just, it's an intimate conversation that you can hear between the host and the audience. And you can take this thing anywhere. You can listen to it anywhere. It's just a lot better. It's a conversation. It's not like you're setting somebody up for a punchline. You can go as long as you want on a topic. And I just think that's just kind of the way things are. Uh, so... Late night television. What? Where? Are, where are these networks going to do once that goes away? Uh, just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, you'll get uh, uh, local news affiliates giving you news at two in the morning if you're so inclined to stay up that late. So they're dying off um, or starting to. Zoom is laying off people. Seventeen hundred people, and I think their CEO is going to take a ninety-eight percent pay cut. I'm sure that he'll get some bonuses elsewhere to keep the lights on in his place. Um, but yeah, that was the big thing during the pandemic too. It's like, oh, Zoom meetings. We don't have to go to work. We don't have to wear pants. We can just sit at home and do Zoom meetings and everything's hunky-dory and now everybody has to go back to work. And by the way, one of the dumbest things, uh, one of the dumbest trends during the pandemic was like, well, what's your background look like during a Zoom meeting? What do you got on your bookshelf? What, what's going on? You know, I don't really want people to see me if I'm talking to them on a computer. Uh, before the whole thing happened, or, or during it, like uh, where I used to work, uh, I would join uh, conference call meetings without the camera on. They would just have to take my questions via typing because I didn't want people to see me. Um, I'm kind of weird that way. That, that was the whole reason why I got into radio. I didn't want anybody to see me. Uh, but now everybody's going back to the office, unless, of course, you work at Zoom or uh, some people at Disney, because uh, Disney is struggling. They beat earning expectations last quarter of 2022, but those expectations were not very high uh, since uh, Iger out was uh, came back, replaced JPEG. And, uh, you know, they've had some success, a little bit more success on the amusement park side of things, but they're struggling elsewhere. They're cutting 7,000 people. They're laying off 7,000 people. And, you know, that does suck uh, for the employees, but Disney's done themselves no favors with some of the things they've done politically. Uh, some of the things they have done economically that have made no sense. Disney Plus has lost over two million subscribers uh this past quarter 
it hasn't done, performed very well, and then the content has not kept people coming back. Um, you know, I think people feel overwhelmed with every freaking Marvel project coming out on Disney Plus. Uh, less is more. Uh, Star Wars is not captivating people. Uh, you know, outside the Mandalorian, maybe Andor, uh, to a smaller crowd. Uh, there's been some misfires there for sure. And some of the other things, I mean, for lack of a better word, woke. And and people do not generally want to be preached at. They just want to be entertained. So uh, uh, Iger, if he's really serious about turning the company around, if he's really serious, uh, he's got his work cut out for him. Um, and and people, what you need to do is, like I said, cut back on some of the original content because the subscription costs aren't covering the production costs as well. That's obvious. Uh, and this is just another example of streamers not knowing how to monetize content or to you know actually make content that people want to see. That said, you would think, okay, maybe movie theaters still have a shot. I mean, after all, a lot of people wouldn't sell Top Gun Maverick. And there are people that are going out to see Avatar 2. Uh, not my cup of tea, but James Cameron, damn it. I mean, that dude is a genius, and I do agree with him. You know, the magic is going back to the theater. You know, going to see a movie is a social experience. So you would think, okay, with this stuff going on, movie studios will take note and maybe not be so you know gung-ho about the streamers in terms of original content, making that the first place to go. Maybe AMC, which is one of the few big chains left, movie theater-wise, uh, maybe, maybe they'll get it too. Eh, no, uh, they got this new plan where... Uh, it's a really stupid new plan where uh, they will charge more for the middle section of the theater. I mean, if you sit up front and real close to the screen, that's going to be the cheap seats. Oddly enough, that's that's movie theaters are different from uh, uh, from uh, uh, sporting venues, but uh, yeah, that'll be the cheap seats. And if you want a you know more ideal spot in the theater, the middle section of the theater, it's going to cost you a little extra. Whatever happened to first come, first serve? And do they not understand that this could cause an uh, an influx, a greater demand on the cheap seats? Don't they understand that maybe, just maybe, this could cut down on people wanting to go to the theaters if you charge more for the better seats? This is shooting yourself in the foot when you actually have a chance to still win the game. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're going to do this coming out of a pandemic and this this type of thinking will keep people at home if anything you want them to come to the theater uh, maybe there's not a whole lot you can do to bring down the th cost of movie tickets outside of maybe okay matinees during the week uh, five bucks or something or maybe you, you lower the cost on the concessions I don't know but charging more for the primo seats will pretty much guarantee there will be more empty primo seats out there. Plus, you know, content is king. You may be concentrate on the content. All right, uh, speaking of content and lack thereof, LeBron James uh, uh, just recently became the all-time leading uh, scorer of the NBA. Last night, he surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I will... Say this, you know, LeBron James, despite uh, 
where he is socially, politically, some of his pouting moments. He is a great athlete. He is one of the best to ever play the NBA. Uh, he's got a, I, I'll say it, he's got one of the best-looking shots of any player I've ever seen. He's very athletic, you know, even in his late age. I mean, he takes care of himself and all that. But he's got a huge ego, and that's the turnoff. I mean, he's pretty much calling himself the greatest player of all time. Um, buddy, I don't think you're even the greatest Laker of all time. Uh, and granted, he's only been with that team for a few years. But just to say that, uh, and all the players uh, the, through different eras, I mean, Bill Russell still has the most rings of anybody, really. Um, you know, you have Dr. J, you got Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Jabbar, obviously. Uh, who am I forgetting here? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Michael Jordan. You know, I, Michael Jordan's probably the best uh, player in the NBA in my lifetime. Um, and I'm not a Bulls fan, but he just, he just had that I want to go out there and beat your ass mentality to him. Um, and he's... To me, far more competitive, and that would—that's what made him better than LeBron James. Um, people wanted to play around Michael Jordan for the chance to be successful. LeBron James, on the other hand, just seems like he's always jumping teams. But then again, that's the nature of the NBA. Is like if you get bored with a place uh, three or four years, you demand a trade or you just go right into free agency. Um, <laughs> So LeBron is now the all-time leading scorer, and he has kinged himself the GOAT because he is that humble. Tom Brady, a lot of people consider him the GOAT. Uh, some of it, a little bit of an update on this dude here. Um, he will begin broadcasting with Fox Sports for the NFL season 2024. So it looks like um, Mr. Greg Olson gets another season as being the top color commentator for Fox. He is going to call the Super Bowl this Sunday, and uh, God, I hope somebody picks him up. And, you know, if Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth does step away, I still think if uh, Greg Olson can contractually do it, step away from Fox and uh, gun for NBC, do the, the do the Sunday night football stuff. Well, it's like, yeah, just trying to keep my throat from getting too dry here. Uh, also, Tom Brady recently posted a picture of himself sitting in his bed in his underwear, asking uh, Julian Edelman and uh, Gronk via Twitter, am I doing this right? And I guess Tom Brady has his own brand of underwear, and he's uh, mimicking the models for uh, for the ads. And he, he said he would do this if he got 40,000 more likes, 40,000 more, whatever. So basically, he's sitting there looking like a robot. I mean, you... Couldn't look more robotic if you're Russell Wilson doing this. And I'm looking at this photo going, when when does he go full Brett Favre and send out other pictures not pertaining to um, underwear? I've said this before about the guy. I just think that uh, now that he's away from actually uh, being at center, under center, you know, taking snaps, being the quarterback for as long as he is, uh, he's going to have a hard time adjusting to life. I mean, he's got money. He'll be okay financially. Just what does he do with himself? That is the question. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you got the Eagles, you got the Kansas City Chiefs. I was leaning toward Chiefs until 
the script got leaked, and it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles will win, I think, 37-34 against the Chiefs. Uh, I, I'm thinking this is a doctor prank, but it is affecting the way people are betting right now. Uh, yeah, 37-34. Apparently, one of the clones of DeMar Hamlin will kick the game-winning field goal for the Eagles. Why? I don't know. It might as well be like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, I, I'm still going to go with Chiefs um, and, over the Eagles just because of the experience. Uh, Jalen Hurts has done very well for the, the Eagles. Um and if the Eagles do win, I mean, hopefully we get to see another fan eat uh, horse poop in the middle of the street and that go viral. You know it's going to happen. Somebody has to outdo somebody else. You know, why eat one lump of horse crap when you can eat two? That's, that's the challenge I put out to Philadelphia Eagles fans if it happens. If it happens. Uh, okay, so there's that uh, snack food uh, commercial featuring uh, Aaron Paul, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad fame. Uh, it airs Super Bowl Sunday. Features two, uh, the actor played Tuco in Breaking Bad too. Watched it on the internet, and it is full freaking cringe. I thought the teaser commercial was better when Jesse was trying to start up uh, the RV because they weren't trying to mimic something scene for scene it's an allusion to a scene from breaking bad but the actual commercial so you know even with vince gilligan directing it just bad you know you, you know how it is when somebody uh watches a cartoon reboot or something and they say you know they've ruined my childhood you know basically what uh, people that watch velma would say uh that after seeing that commercial i think my adulthood was ruined God, I, like I said, I don't think I've seen a good, really good Super Bowl commercial, or at least maybe a set of Super Bowl commercials for like the last 20 years. I mean, maybe you know one or two each game is pretty decent, but for a lot, for the life of me, not a lot of creativity. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I will talk to you guys in a couple of days once more. Until then. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.